You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Lots of verses that we're going to go through uh, as we are looking here at the... Tonight we're going to be looking at edifying yourselves. Uh, edifying yourself. So we looked uh, two weeks ago, encouraging yourself. Then last week we were looking at examining yourself. And tonight we're going to be looking at edifying yourself. You know, the Christian life is not going to just get better because we uh, just float. Uh, in the Christian life, if we are going to grow, it's going to be on purpose. And if you are going to be edified, uh, it is going to be because you choose to be. It will not just be because you come to church. Though part of my job is to help build you up, here as we look at our theme verse for the year, the Bible says we're to build up yourselves. And so there is that personal responsibility. Isn't it amazing how personal responsibility has been taken out uh, of our culture? Nobody's responsible for anything. It's always somebody else's fault. Uh, And, you know, when it comes uh, to uh, maturity, uh, we have to recognize that there is responsibility that we have. And so we're looking at building up you as our theme. And as we planned for our theme uh, for 2021, uh, we had no idea what this year was going to hold. We, we didn't know what kind of uh, things we needed pr- to prepare for. Uh, we didn't know what pressures that we would face. We didn't know about the problems. But we also didn't know about any of the possibilities either. And so uh, one thing that we did know, though, was we needed to be prepared. We need to be prepared. And if we are going to be prepared for our tomorrow, it is going to be because we prepare today. And if we are unprepared tomorrow, it's because we have not prepared. And that is, that is something that all of us uh, have to take on in our own life. Uh, and so uh, we have got to prepare. But how do you prepare for those things that you don't know are coming. There was a young uh, pastor uh, that had just got out of seminary and, and he uh, went into the ministry and uh, the church was, uh, was started and growing and uh, this pastor and the pastor's wife, the young pastor and pastor's wife, they went to uh, his mom's house for dinner and mom could sense that there was something going on. The daughter-in-law was not happy and so she was unsure of what was going on but she didn't want to get involved and uh, poke her nose in where it shouldn't go, but she could tell something was, was going on. And finally, when they started to leave, the mom could hear the daughter-in-law looking at her husband, this young pastor, as they're walking out the door, okay, we'll go back to the church and you can pra- practice baptizing me one more time. <laughs> but when it comes time for your fir- first funeral, you're not burying me. And, uh, you know, there are things that as we are trying to look forward to the future and the things that are coming our way, some of those things we know, but there are a lot of things we don't know. How many things in 2020 did we stop and say, I never believed this could happen? Never. In America? 
No way. Close the church doors? Not on your life. And you just looked at so many things that took place that we never would have anticipated. Now, aren't you glad we have a God that did anticipate? He knew. And he had a plan. And as believers, we've got to make sure that we are, we are sharp being sharpened. We are being built up. We are being strengthened so we are ready for the things that God knows is going to be in our future. And so, uh, so in uh, ministry, we, we all have to figure out where we are and how we are growing. And uh, so we're going to look at several things. Now, the battle of the decades uh, is uh, for the church has been, is the church for the world or is the church uh, for the Christian? Is the world for, or is the church for the saved, the believers, or is the church for uh, the lost, uh, for those that are outside? Now, uh, there is an assumed knowledge, and we understand uh, as believers that the church is for the saved. It's for the saved. And uh, there are a lot of churches, however, that have not got that foundational premise or that foundation nailed down. And in an effort, because they do not understand whether the church is for the world or whether the church is for the believer, they are trying to create an environment where the world will feel comfortable inside the church house. And when you don't have that basic foundation nailed down, then you are changing based on what you feel the world is going to want so they will feel comfortable. And so uh, the, uh, the, the question of, uh, of whether the church is for the believers or whether it's for the lost is a very foundational question. So before we get into this edifying side, uh, because I, I feel like there's some foundation that has to be uh, laid down, let's unpack this question before we get into that, that process here. Uh, so when we look in the New Testament at the word church, the law of first mention, uh, we look at Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18. But, but uh, he says, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now that is the very first uh, word or the first time the word church is used in the New Testament. Now church, it comes from two, two words, ek, lysia, uh, ek is out and lysia, assembly, and uh, it's a called out assembly, and that's what the word uh, church means, ecclesia, called out assembly. Now, let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 21. Ephesians 3, 21, if you're taking notes, uh, jot the notes down and we'll, or just the, the uh, text down, and we will keep moving here. Ephesians chapter 3, in verse number 21, the Bible says, Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ, or by Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So that first little phrase there, unto him be glory in the church. That is a, that is a verse that helps us recognize 
what the church is ultimately uh, endeavoring to do. Uh, it is to bring glory to God. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 18. Colossians 1.18, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So just back a couple chapter, a couple books there. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 18. The Bible says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now, let's notice here a couple things that Christ is the head of the body. So uh, we're, we're seeing here, he's talking about the church, and then he identifies the church as a body. And with that, Christ uh, is the head of the body. He is the, the controller of. He is the one that sets the direction. He is the one that chooses the purpose. Uh, so he is the head, uh, the authority of the church. Uh, and it says, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he, Christ, might have the preeminence. So we see in Ephesians uh, that the church is to bring glory to God. We see that in, in the Colossians that the church, that Christ is to have the preeminence. Uh, the preeminence is not you. The preeminence is not me. The preeminence preeminence is not the ministries that we have. The preeminence belongs to God. And, and the Lord is to have the preeminence in the church. That means he is to be the one that is lifted up. He is to be the one that is exalted. He is the one that is to have his will, his way in everything. All right, so, so here when we look at that, this called-out assembly, this body. Now, if Christ is the head of the body, we also know that God has said that he set the members in the body as it hath pleased him. That means that you and I are the, uh, the body itself. We, the assembly of the believers, uh, we are the body. Now, this is not talking about every believer. All right, the universal church that that the uh, everybody is the church that 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 is not a doc that is not a uh, a right doctrine that is a Catholic doctrine uh, that is not a Bible doctrine uh, the the uh, the body we're talking about a local assembly if if we were all part of the body of Christ then. We would not have, every church would, would not have all of the parts of the body. We would have little pieces here and there. Uh, every local assembly is a body, and Christ is the head of that body. Uh, and one day there will be an assembly of all believers to make uh, the body of Christ, but that will take place after the rapture. But until then, we have local bodies of believers. That's the church, okay? So when we look at the church, we have the local assembly uh, of believers that, that are called out together to assemble. God adds us to the body, to the church, as it hath pleased him. That means that God puts you here for a reason. Amen. And, and with that, he placed us in the body uh, to, to fulfill a function of the body so the body could, could accomplish what it needs to accomplish. And each of us, as members of the body, uh, we are to uh, be uh, we are to be uh, working together to accomplish the desire 
of the head, which is Christ. So, so that is that body working together. Now, when a body physically does not function, if you have an arm that does not function, you have a leg that does not function, you have eyes that do not function, then the body then has what we would call a handicap. And when believers who are a part of the body are not functioning as a part of the body, they are handicapping the body of Christ. They are not allowing it to accomplish everything that we are to accomplish. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that everyone doesn't have the same function. Uh, everyone does not, the hand, the eye, the ear, uh, uh, we all have different functions within the body, but corporately, we work together to accomplish the goal, the desire of the head, which is Christ. So this called out assembly is not a building. Buildings are just tools. They're just tools. We as believers are the church. All right, we are the church. So go to uh, Acts chapter 8 and verse number 1. Acts chapter 8 and verse number 1. Acts 8, 1. Acts chapter 8, verse number 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. So let me ask you a question. Where the, uh, there was great persecution against what? There was great persecution against the what? The church, okay? And it says the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. All right, skip down to verse 3. It says, and as for Saul, he made havoc of the, what? Church. Entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. So here what do we find that the members of the body, the assembly, the, 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 the believers here, they were uh, being uh, singled out, they were being persecuted, but the Lord, when he looked at it, he was looking that the church was persecuted, uh, but it was individuals, one at a time, that were being persecuted, and Christ looked looked at it and said uh, that uh, there, was, uh, there was havoc of the church because these individuals were persecuted. Uh, so you then and I as, as believers, as a part of the body, when, uh, when there is an attack against us as an individual, then it impacts the whole body. How many of you have ever stubbed your toe? Man. Lunchtime, I went home. We always take our shoes off when we walk in the house. And I took my shoes off, and Arabella was over at the house, and uh, have the the stools are right there at the kitchen counter. And I was coming around the kitchen counter, and my little toe caught that stool leg. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm down on my knees, and it's such a little member. But it affected the whole body. All of a sudden, everything came to the attention of that one little part of the body uh, because it hurt. And, and here, when we are, we are looking at the church, you and I are the church. We are the church. 
Now, I'm going this direction because I want you to see that the church is only as strong as you and I. You say, well, we've got a good church or we have a strong church. Well, we only have a church that is as strong as the membership of our church. We only have a strong body as all of the members are strong. And you and I have to realize that we have a great responsibility to be a part. It's not, it's not about just us. If it was just about us, we could just stay home, read our Bible, and be, be good. It's all good. That wasn't God's plan. He had a plan for the believer to assemble with a body and collectively, corporately fulfill a commission that he was going to leave uh, for us to do. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, there was a job that he wants us to accomplish, and you and I, as we are to be edified, as we are building up ourselves, it is not just so we can look good ourselves. It is not just so we can sit back and say, well, me and mine are okay. It's not just about me or mine. There is a job that needs to be accomplished, and each of us have a responsibility to do what we, we are able to in this, this area uh, of being edified and built up, building up yourselves in, on your most holy faith. Uh, go to Acts chapter number 9 and verse 31 there. Acts chapter 9. Verse 31, like I said, we're going to look at a lot of verses tonight. Uh, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. So here now uh, we find that as Saul uh, gets saved, now we're going to find what's going to take place is that, that there was a little bit of respite there uh, and the, the, the churches had some rest. All right, go down to Acts chapter 16 and verse number 5. Acts 16, 5. The Bible says, And so were the churches, what? Established in the faith and increased in number daily. So what do we find here? We find that the church, uh, it was not just about a building. We are talking about individuals and that group, that, that body of believers was continually growing. Uh, but the growth did not come until they were established in the faith. There had to be that building up. Uh, the churches had to be established in the faith, and the response was that, that they increased in number daily. Go down to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. You want to see the action of the church, uh, you definitely look at the book of Acts. Uh, Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. He said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. So now we see that the Lord has given pastors and evangelists, uh, the apostles, uh, the prophets. These were all for the church, uh, but they were given for the church so the church would be built up. The church would be 
fed, if you would. So they would be strengthened so they could accomplish the job that it was supposed to accomplish. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. I'm hastening, I'm watching that big clock, and we are still in the, in the uh, introduction here. And so, just laying groundwork, all right? First Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 15. Timothy, uh, first, first and second Timothy and Titus, uh, those are what we call the pastoral epistles, dealing with the church, how the church should be operated. And so, first Timothy 3 verse 15. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now, now let's back up here a little bit. The pillar and ground, these are structural terms. When we look around at this building right here, all of these beams, these arches that are here, these are structural. They are holding up everything else on this building. Uh, the, the roof is attached to that. Uh, everything, all of the structure is tied into these beams here, these columns, and they are carrying the weight of everything that's on top of it. You take out these pillars and this building's coming down. Now, God says that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. This building is not the pillar and ground of the truth. You and I are. Now, what that means is that collectively, corporately, the church is holding up the truth. And when the church fails, the truth falls. We look where in the scripture it says that, that the, the truth hath fallen. And uh, when you, you see that truth is not there, when the dark ages, what happened? The truth fell. It was not held up. What was holding the truth up? Now, of course, we understand that God protects his word. He's going to keep it. He is going to keep it, and it is not going to fail. But who is it that's holding it up in this world? It is the church. And when the churches go silent, when the churches grow weak, then the truth falls. Truth hath fallen in the streets. And when the believer is weak... That means the church then is weak, and that means the truth is going to fall. You and I and other believers in our community, we are what holds, helps hold the truth up. We are the ones that keep truth before others. And here when God is saying that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth, he is saying that, that the church is what holds it up in the community where that church is, and, and we've got to hold it up. So uh, the, uh, with that, as we look at all these verses, what we're seeing is the church is to bring glory to Christ. We're to see that the church, it's for the saved, and the saved then are to fulfill the mission, which is to go into the world and reach uh, others with, with Christ. Now, what is the mission of the church then? The mission of the church is edification of the believer. The, the mission of the church 
is engaging the world with the gospel. So here, we have got a big job to do. So, so when we look at this edifying yourself, uh, it is not just about us uh, feeling good about ourselves. It is not about us just uh, uh, trying to be puffed up, as 1 Corinthians 13 talks about. You see, there was an expectation that, the, that we, are going to, uh, we are going to grow, we are going to impact the, the community around us with the gospel. Now, we know as a church that those that are without Christ will come in the church. And God even addresses that in 1 Corinthians 14.23. He said, If therefore the whole church be come together into one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will not they... Uh, will not they say that you are mad? And, and he, he's addressing the issue of tongues in this passage of scripture. But but in that addressing the tongues, he's talking about that there are going to be unbelievers that are going to come into the church, and and we need to conduct ourselves in such a way that when the the lost or the world comes into the church, uh, they don't think we're crazy. Well, they might think we're crazy, but uh, they're not necessarily going to think we're crazy. But, but it is also a place where they can be reached. There's, there is a, it's a blessing when you see people come and trust Christ as their personal Savior. That is, that is amazing. Uh, and that happens in the church. That happened uh, Sunday night. We had a young military man come, and uh, he trusted Christ as his personal Savior. Praise the Lord for that. Saturday morning, we had a young, young teenage boy. Uh, that our 11-year-old boy that ended up trusting Christ as his personal Savior. What a blessing that that is. And there are those that are lost that are going to walk into the doors of the church. Uh, but the church house primarily is to edify the believer because we don't do our ministry inside the walls. We do our ministry outside the walls. We are built up so we are equipped to go out into a world and engage them with the gospel. So we can be that salt. We can be that light. So they do see their need for the Savior. Uh, so uh, we, we want to make sure that we are being built up. So let's go back to our text. And we might even get to the message tonight. All right. Jude 20 and 21. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And so several things tonight I want you to see. Number one, believers are to build themselves up. Believers are to build themselves up. That word building there, it literally means to build up. It is to construct. Uh, here we are in this building program over here, and there is a lot of building up going on. There's a lot of construction going on. And with that, that construction, it is to accomplish a desired end. Uh, and this word building, it is to build up. It is to construct. It is to strengthen to make more able, 
is the definition. To strengthen and to make more able. That means that you and I are to be built up, uh, and the word edify means to build up. We are to be edified, built up, so we are more able to do what we are supposed to do. And if we as believers will be built up individually, then what we will find is corporately as a church, we will be stronger as a church and more able to accomplish uh, the goal that God has set for us down here. So that building up, and what do you say that we are to be uh, building uh, building up yourselves. Uh, he said we are to be looking, uh, we are to be praying, we are to be keeping. And so all of these things tied in to that building up, uh, the, the praying, keeping, and looking. Uh, so Colossians 2 and verse 6 and 7, the Bible says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Uh, there is that building up, that rooted, uh, that growing, and that is what God wants to happen uh, in our lives. Acts chapter 9 in verse 26 to 31, and we're, for time's sake, we're not going to go through all of the verses here. Just write those down. Uh, but uh, what we find is that, that there was a, a, a purpose. Uh, Saul, uh, verse 26, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. And, and it goes on, and, and here there was that declaration that, that Paul or Saul here, who had been changed to Paul, uh, that he was he was accepted. He was received. Uh, he had been uh, uh, had been received by the believers, and uh, he was brought unto uh, the other disciples and apostles. Uh, but uh, the, we, we see that uh, there is a purpose for us. Uh, Acts twenty thirty two. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. And so, so this building up, this edifying yourself, that's what God's purpose is for us, that we are to be built up, to be strengthened. How many of you work out? Go to, how many of you have a gym membership? Nobody's going to, all right. How many of you go to the gym? <laughs> all right. And, and with that here, we have uh, exercise. And oftentimes, uh, someone earlier in the week, they said that they were going uh, to get a, a new exercise bike. Uh, and they were going uh, to go pick that up with their truck. And I said, yeah, I need a new clothes hanger too. And, you know, uh, there's something about that, you know, we don't, we don't always use what we have available. And just knowing that I am to be built up does not build me up. Knowing that I need to grow spiritually isn't going to make me strong. It is the exercising thereof. It is the putting into practice the faith. It is the teaching. It is the the application. And when we learn and then we use what we learn, what we find is our spiritual muscles grow and we are strengthened. So, so we see that, build, that uh, believers are to build themselves up. Secondly, 
believers are to build up one another. Believers are to build up one another. You have a responsibility to those that sit around you. It's not my job to build everybody up. It's all of our job. We are all to be encouraging. We are all to be edifying. We are all to be helping one another grow in our faith. And, and when we come, and that's why it's so important for, uh, for, for the assembly of the believer that if you when you come, don't just come, find a seat, sit down, and don't talk to anybody. Because when that is the case, you are coming just to get instead of to give. And when you sit, you are not giving to anybody else. When you are not engaging with anybody else, you are not sharpening, you are not edifying anybody else. And, and we see that we are all to edify, to build one another up. Romans 14, 19. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith uh, one may edify another. You and I are to look for ways to edify each other. When you get in your Bible and you start studying, you start reading, and God gives you a truth, you should say, man, who am I going to tell that to? Who am I going to share that with? How am I going to use what God has given me to help somebody else? It's not about just me getting fed. It's about me taking what I am giving and turn around, helping someone else. Uh, we are to edify one another. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some, pa uh, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith. Not until you come in the unity of faith, till we all come in the unity of the faith. Uh, uh, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man. And God is saying, listen, all of us need to be edifying one another so we can all come before the Savior as as believers that have, have grown and matured unto the perfect man. Uh, and he says, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And you and I are to be endeavoring to help sharpen one another, edifying one another, so we will all be Christ-like. That's the goal. Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying uh, of itself in love. And that God is saying, as a church body, we are to be edifying ourselves so the whole body is strengthened, so the whole body grows. So there is a responsibility that all of us have of edifying uh, ourselves, building up ourselves, uh, building up uh, one another. First uh, uh, Thessalonians five eleven. Wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. 
And here there was a commendation that was given to these believers at Thessalonica. Uh, not only were they to continue building up themselves, uh, there was a commendation because they were building others up. And God was saying, you're doing this. You know what? That's what we need to be doing. We need to have that same commendation uh, from the Lord that we are, we are uh, being built up ourselves, but we are building one another up. And so, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. We're not talking about being selfish. We're talking about we are built up for a purpose. We are edified. Uh, we edify ourselves. Why? So we can edify others. And here as a church, we need to be built up. We need to be strengthened so we can accomplish what God has called us to do. Now, this, this process is not a process that we ever get to the end of. Nobody has arrived. None of us have got to a place where, okay, been there, done that, got all the degrees, got the t-shirt, now I just float. No, it doesn't, get, doesn't work that way. We are to continually be edified. Why? Because we are to edify unto the measure of the fullness of Christ. Well, none of us have got that far yet in our faith. We are not uh, Christ-like to that extent. And we need to keep on growing. So let's, let's edify, let's build up ourselves, but also let's edify one another. Building up each other. And when we build up each other, what do we find is the whole church is strengthened. You know what? You say, Pastor, I, I give and I give and I give. I build up other people. I'm investing in other people. Praise the Lord. You keep doing so because one of these people that you're trying to encourage and help is going to be the one that's there for you in your darkest hour when you need somebody. When you need somebody to come alongside you. You need somebody to come build you up. You need somebody to encourage you. You know who's going to be there? The people that you've been building up. You say, well, Pastor, I, I don't have any friends at church. Well, you start building somebody else up. You start helping other people. You know what you'll find? People will start wanting to be around you. It's just natural. Somebody does something for you, what do you want to do? You want to do something right back for them. It's just a natural response. He that hath friends must show himself friendly. And so hear that process. It's, it's that building up. We build up ourselves, not just so we grow, we build up ourselves so we can also build up others. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for uh, your goodness to us. Thank you for allowing us to have your word. And Lord, to be a part of a church where, uh, Lord, we, we have a good, a good church family. and We have uh, people that are endeavoring uh, to grow in their faith. And, and we thank you for that. And we thank you for those that are, that are reaching out to edify one another. But I pray that you would help all of us to grow in our own faith, building up ourselves. But then also, uh, may we all grow in this area of edifying others. 
So help us tonight. You know the needs of each heart. Uh, just speak to our hearts, please. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.